0: This episode is sponsored by Chris and Tiana, taking the guesswork out of launching your podcast. Welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy Podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth. Each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self-worth, the connection between self-worth and relationships, self-worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self-worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello and welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy podcast season 4. So I am in a new location. Some of you who might be watching this on YouTube can see that I'm in a different space. If you're just listening, you probably cannot tell, but I am downstairs in our guest bedroom because my office has been transformed into a nursery. So baby girl Amani Joy is in that room. Is sleeping in that room and doing whatever she wants to do in that room. Um, And so that means that my office is now in an open space. And it's not a great idea to record in an open space when you got a baby in the in the building. So I'm in the downstairs uh, guest bedroom. And it's kind of moody. It's kind of A dark blue color on the walls. Not a color we chose, but we didn't change it when we bought the place. So I'm back, (laughs) but in a different space and re-acclimating and excited to be recording the podcast again after a break, after maternity leave. And I'm also really excited about the episode today. I have Rashida Thomas with me, and she is a financial coach. And we really have a dynamic conversation about the intersections of self-worth, of worthiness and financial abundance and our relationships with money. We talk about, you know, this question of can you feel worthy if you're not working hard? Can you get into a position of receiving? And can you feel worthy of receiving? And so it's a really interesting and dynamic conversation. I know that you're gonna get a lot out of it because the reality is, is that we don't talk enough about money and really how our relationship with money impacts the money that we Get um, and our sense of worthiness, how that impacts the money that we receive. We don't talk about that enough. So I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited for you to tune in and um, tune in. Let me know what you think, and let's start the show. I'm so excited to welcome Rashida Thomas to the Unconditionally Worthy Podcast today. Rashida is the founder of Finn Rose, a financial wellness company, which provides tools to help individuals build a healthier relationship with money. As a certified financial education instructor, her mission is to help others bring awareness to the origin of their money story, establish healthier money habits, and apply the proper tools and strategies to successfully tackle debt. I am Really excited to have this conversation with you, Rashida, because I think, you know, money is so relevant to all of our lives, but it's also really taboo. It's something that we don't talk about enough. And I know that you are going to just share so much wisdom and insight from your experience as a financial coach and your own life. So thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast.
1: Dr. Adia, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you and I'm really excited about this conversation.
0: Awesome. Well, I'd love to start um, our conversation where I start all of the conversations with guests on the Mm -hmm. podcast, which is by asking you to tell us a bit about
1: your own self-worth journey. Woo. Okay. (laughs) So it's interesting because Dr. Adia, I have worked in the financial profession, you know, since 2007 when I started as a personal banker, whether it was in corporate, or if it's whether it was in my own personal business. And it's so interesting because I, I worked in the field. I, I have been around you know, financial advisors and whatnot and seeing how they were creating portfolios for individuals to grow their money and whatnot. But it literally wasn't until a few years ago that I was able to believe that I was worthy to have that type of lifestyle mm-hmm. as well. That I was able to worthy to create that type of wealth as well. Because honestly, like, I really didn't see that many examples of wealth around me when I was growing up. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of us can relate because, you know, we, our financial education, like, we didn't necessarily get it in high school. And we Mm kind of were in a place where it was, you know, through trial and error. And, you know, some of us, the financial piece was not really talked about in our household. Um, in depth. And so with that, it took a while for me to really, to get to a place that I was worthy to have abundant living and, and and worthy of, you know, acquiring wealth and seeing it for Mm. me. So, so that was part of part one of like my self-worth journey is realizing, okay, this is for me as well. Like wealth is for me as well. And another part Mm. is, and I don't know if you heard this. Let me know if you did. But like I was told, and I'm sure other people have, of go to school and get a good job. Mm-hmm. And because of that, and this is something that I started working through literally, it just came up for me last week, is me associating with go to school and get a good job is associating external. I'm I'm getting my work from external factors and it's not coming from internally. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. me assigning my self-worth to the cubicle. To a corporate mm-hmm. job and it's not an it external factors and it's not internal. So that's something that I've been working to literally unravel because that light bulb went off for me literally just last week. And I was like, cause I've been out of my corporate job in the corporate setting just for two months. And I just really started getting that revelation of like, dang girl, like you were tying your worth yeah. to external factors. You were tying your worth to the cubicle, to your corporate job. So yeah. Mm
0: Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I can I can really relate around the sort of workplace and and tying a sense of worthiness to the work you do. For me, it was academia. And I spent, mm-hmm. you know, I went to graduate school, and then I worked at a university, and then I worked at another university. And so mm-hmm. having these sort of academic jobs or being affiliated with a prestigious university, yes. that was sort of like one of the final layers of like attachment to worthiness that I I really needed to peel, peel back. I'm a Imagining there will probably be more that come up as I continue living. But That was a big one, right? A sense of, well, if I'm achieving either academically or professionally, and I could say, oh, I work at this university, this fancy university, then people would know that I'm worthy, that I could add value. And so then leaving was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have to stand on my own. And yeah, I can say, you know, in the past I worked there, but I'm standing on my own. I'm not affiliated with any institution or any university at this time. And there is a sense of like, woof, like, you know, especially in the work world, are people going to see me as valuable? Do I see myself as worthy? And I think some of the irony is I left my last job in part because I felt underappreciated and Mm -hmm. undervalued. I felt like the work I did wasn't truly valued and appreciated. And yet then there's when you're on your own, you Mm -hmm. know, your clients or the people you work with may affirm you, but you don't have that same institutional level sort of affirmation of, you know, what you're bringing to the table or, you know, the financial stability that comes along with that, which can kind of contribute to our sense of self-worth and
1: all of those things. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, it's something that you said that hit home for me is standing on my own two feet. So like us getting to the core of like, who are we? Like outside of these 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 titles, the the academia, these accolades and whatnot, like who are we? What is mm. that core essence of who we are outside of that? And then understanding like we still have things to bring to the table outside of all of those things. I mean, they are great accomplishments and whatnot, but it's 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 putting me on a path of like who is Rashida at my core, my mm. very core, who is she? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, it,
0: you know, makes me think about sort of this, I think, interesting dynamic where mm-hmm. we can be in a job in an institution mm-hmm. and feel really frustrated and constricted and like they don't really know me, they don't really see me, yeah. they don't really appreciate me and sort of have this ongoing frustration and resentment because of that. Mm -hmm. And then we can leave that job. And in both you and my case, we like going into entrepreneurship and it's sort of this wide open field. And it's like, oh, my God, now I have to figure out who I am. (laughs) (laughs) now, I don't have those restrictions. And it can be, you know, it's like what we wanted. And Mm -hmm. sometimes freedom can be scary and overwhelming because we are left to figure it out on our own and determine it on our own. And I think for so many of us, we've spent decades Mm -hmm. in the confines of an education system or a job or work system or whatever. And that freedom is what we've longed for, but it's like, what do we do with it? What do I do with myself now?
1: Right, right. And it's, I think the good part is, what do I do with myself? And also checking in with yourself. How do you feel in your body? What are some thoughts that are coming up? And then also getting out of the sense of, trying to hurry up and figure what's next. Mm, so that's mm. what I'm navigating right now is I, I have things that I need to carry out right now. Let me focus on carrying out these things right now instead of trying to rush to figure out what's next. It is is a big thing that I've been working to navigate and navigating. I'm having to pump my own brakes and saying like Rashida, you have things to focus on right now instead of trying to rush to figure out what's next mm. and stay out mm-hmm. of that survival mode. In a sense.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I know that you you mentioned you just left your job very recently. I also know you just moved, you had a big move recently. And so I'd love for you to share just what's been coming up for you as you transition. You know, you've been you've been working on your business for a while, but as you transition out of working full time in the corporate world and having sort of your business on the side to your business, your financial coaching being your main Mm -hmm. thing. Like how, what's come up for you and how have you sort of used your wisdom as a financial coach to coach yourself through this transition and process?
1: Honestly, Dr. Dia, and I'll be very transparent. So I believe we're really, because I'll say this, back in August of 2020, I was out of my corporate job for about three weeks because of, you know, just severe depression. I just mm. got to a point where I could not complete a sentence, struggling mm. for thoughts and whatnot. So yeah, I, I was struggling with that back in August of 2020. And I, and I figured, okay, the source of this is because my corporate position was no longer serving me. So then it was, okay, I need to figure out how can I make an exit strategy to get up out of corporate so that I can go full time in my business. But then last year I had two motor vehicle accidents, which ended Mm -hmm. up keeping me out of work for nine months. I was out of, out of work on disability for nine months, allowing my body to heal itself and that I can do it in peace. But I believe that being out on disability, because when you're out on disability, I started out with short term disability that was about 30 days or so. I was only getting 50% of my salary. And so Mm -hmm. then when I shifted back into um, long-term disability, I was only getting 60% of my salary at the time. But during that time, even though my salary took, you know, I was only getting a, a percentage of my salary, I believe I felt abundant during that time. Mm. I felt at ease in my finance during that time. I had time to breathe. And I really believe like that's what really prepared me To make that shift up out of my corporate job when I relocated to to L.A., when when they said, "Okay, girl, we're not going to let you work, continue to work virtually in L.A. And I was like, "Okay, I'll go ahead and make the leap because I had already had a corporate client lined up and I said, let me just let me just make the leap. Let me just bet on myself. And Mm -hmm. I believe so that disability, so like that income shift with being on disability helped prepare me. And allow me some breathing room and then securing that corporate client that I knew I would be receiving income from really allowed me to make the leap. But I will be honest with you. It's some grief that has come up because Mm. I had been in corporate, you know, since I got out of college, I graduated from undergrad Mm. and and I'm dating myself, but 2006 when I finished Mm. undergrad. So I had been in corporate since 2006. That's 16 years. And no. I, it was a grieving process that I had to go through that I really honestly started last year when I made the decision, like, we really going to get up out of corporate. And still, even after I left and I relocated, there was still days where it was a struggle for me to get out of bed. Cause like, I didn't, I was just like in a fog per se. Mm. I was just like, oh, okay. Like my body was catching up to my environment per se. Mm-hmm. And I just had to Honor that. I had to rest. And once I started to come out the fog, I just was gentle, gentle with myself throughout the process. So those are some of the things that have been coming up for me, you know, as I transitioned up out of my corporate job on May 27th. Yeah. Hmm.
0: You said so much in that. I'm going to see if I can remember all the things that I wanted to like pull out and highlight. So Mm -hmm. like one thing is just remembering that sometimes even in the most difficult circumstances, there are gifts, right? Like Mm -hmm. nobody wants to go through a really severe car accident and sort of, you know, experience a period where you have 50% of your income or 60% of your income, but you found a gift in that, which is Mm -hmm. this beauty that you connected to this ease And abundance that you connected to in the absence of being and work full time, and in the absence of your full salary. Mm -hmm. I think the other piece that you know stands out to me is the fact that we often believe that we have to hustle and be anxious and desperate to get the money. Then we get the money, then we'll feel abundant, then we'll experience ease. Mm -hmm. But I think your example shows the opposite, which is get into a space of ease and flow and abundance, Mm -hmm. then the money, the amount of money will Mm -hmm. probably matter less. And actually that is where you start to attract more money to you. You're more likely to have more money when you're a state of ease. And I think that that also shows in how you coach yourself through this transition and through the grief, right? There's this piece where you, instead of, you know, you could have said, I'm in a fog, I'm exhausted, I need to rest, but I gotta hustle and I gotta push myself. And I gotta, I don't have the corporate job Mm -hmm. anymore. So I gotta go, 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 go. I get into scarcity mode. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you could have done that. It would have been very Mm -hmm. easy to do that. But instead, you said, no, I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna honor my body. I'm gonna take care of myself. I'm going to rest. And I'm gonna know that what I need and Mm -hmm. more than what I need will come to me. Absolutely.
1: And that's another thing that was big for me last year after that car accident, when I didn't have a choice, was I had to open up myself to receive. And I mm-hmm. had to trust that and 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 be able to talk about what it is that I need in those moments, A, to not feel bad about it, and B, to trust that people will deliver. And they did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. me opening myself up to receive has, has been big navigating this journey as well. And I believe it's just part of Part of the toolbox that I was reaching is is opening myself up to receive, not feeling bad about asking, you know, communicating what I what I be needing in this moment. Um, even with my relocation, people ask me, what do you need? Oh, well, I would be opening open to receiving a target gift card. Asking me, oh, I would be open to receiving a desk and chair. They was like, put a wish list together mm-hmm. on Wayfair. Boom, like somebody, a mentor of mine. She took care of it, just like opening myself up to receiving mm. and not feeling bad about communicating what it is that I need and just not trying to figure out all this stuff mm. on my own. Not trying to figure out all of this stuff on my own. So that's been a big piece, too, is being open to receive.
0: Ugh, that is so powerful. Right. I think especially as black women, mm-hmm. you know, we're socialized to give but not receive. Right? It's no thank you. I got it. I'm good. I don't need it. I, you know, and then we feel resentful because nobody's helping us. Right. There's obviously a lot that goes into that. I'm not saying that people are always offering because they're not. Right. But I think the opening yourself, the practice of receiving is so powerful. And I think there's too many of us who want more abundance in our lives. Mm-hmm. but we don't want to receive. We don't feel comfortable receiving. Yep. And I think, you know, feeling, getting comfortable with the practice of receiving, being open and willing to receive and, and asking for what you need for people and then breathing and allowing them to show up and meet your needs. Like that is a practice that supports abundance because Absolutely. if you are like, I don't need anything, I'm not accepting anything. What you're communicating is don't give anything to me, money, you know, time, energy, support. And so I think that's such a powerful thing. And I hope that all of you listening will take that with you, right? Like check in with yourself. Do you allow yourself to receive whether it's a compliment, Mm -hmm. whether it's somebody, you know, helping you, you know, carry a heavy box up, up your stairs at your apartment that, you know, is maybe too heavy, like whether it's money, like. Are you open to receiving? Do you allow a sense of receptivity? Because that's really going to set the stage for abundance, for all sorts of things. And I think that also relates to a sense of, do you feel worthy? Right. Yes. Like, do you feel worthy to receive gifts from people? Do you yes. feel worthy to receive compliments from people? And it doesn't mean you need it or you're dependent on it. But right. if you feel like, oh yeah, that's reasonable that somebody would offer me something, mm-hmm. I would give them give to them if I was in a similar position. And so I'm gonna openly and gratefully receive this because mm-hmm. I know I'm worthy
1: of it. Yes. Ooh, so good. Just getting into the posture of practicing mm-hmm. being open to receive. And when you said, and it honestly, it starts with being opening, open to receiving a compliment and not trying to, well, somebody give you a compliment, just simply just saying, instead of a rebuttal, just say thank you. Mm-hmm. And leaving yep. it at that. Just something that may happen in your day where, okay, I see you. Like gratitude for that. Thank you for it working out how it did. Just being open. The compliment piece is what hit home. Like, being able to just literally take a compliment is, is, is allowing you to be more able to be open to, is opening yourself up to receive by just simply yep. just, just taking a compliment and just saying thank you instead of, well, I mean, I didn't, my, like, like. I didn't
0: really. I just rolled out yeah, of bed. It wasn't right, anything. Like, no, you're really cute you know, too. Just
1: no, just thank you. Just a simple, just thank you. That's all. Yes, that's yes. all. Exactly. So woo, when you said that, I was like, mm, "That's good." <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a, that's it's good. a big one. Yeah.
0: It's a big one. Absolutely. So I'm wondering if you could share, in your mm-hmm. experience as a financial coach, what are some of the biggest challenges and issues that you see people having with their relationship with money?
1: You know, I would say this and. What really got me to investigating my relationship with money is because I couldn't understand why is it that I'm making six figures, but I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that there's more Mm -hmm. out there for me that I desire, but how am I able to tap into this? Like, how am I able to really, you know, break this wide open? and? and that's that's what the shift was for me is is the the paycheck to paycheck cycle, and me just sitting there being like, "Why is this math not mathing like there's had <laughs> I literally got to a place where I'm like, why is this math not mathing for me and, and that's mm-hmm. what got me to really take a look at the money and I think with a lot of people don't understand is that you know things how how money was talked about in your household or how it was not and just Early money memories, all of that taps into the decisions that you make financially as an adult, all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's having the knowledge and awareness of that and working to unlearn what is not serving you and your financial journey. That that's, that's the missing link right there. It's like understanding like things, the money memories that are coming up and whatnot and investigating that and how that is impacting your current financial journey. That's the big piece. And then we have to Mm. be graceful with ourselves. Another thing, Dr. D is we have to be graceful with ourselves about financial mistakes that we made. Because we were making these money Mm. decisions based on the level of awareness and knowledge that we had at the time. And I also had to be mindful Mm -hmm. about the people that was around me. Like if I got people that's constantly screaming that they broke and and things of that nature and just not coming from a good you know a good space and just being and I'm paying attention to the type of conversations that we're having if they're not really necessarily uplifting you know that's going to mm-hmm. that's going to tap into my experience with money as well especially with the individuals that you spend the most time with because people talk about your net your network is your net worth but it's honestly mm-hmm. the conversations that are taking place mm-hmm. so if you have people that's constantly talking about money in a negative manner then eventually, yes, that that's going to rub off on you at some mm-hmm. point uh, because some of us do take get advice from our friends in regards to money, but it, it, it needs to be in a more positive space for, versus um, negative discussions in regards to money. So those are some, yeah. and also you know while we talking about worth because this is unconditionally worthy, and just how how we taking care of ourselves, like how are we putting ourselves first before we give ourselves to the world. It's so Mm critical. Like when you get up in the morning, like, what are you doing? Are you immediately tending to other people's needs? Are you attending, are you tending to yourself first and being okay with, you know, self-care, however that Mm -hmm. that looks for you and not feeling bad about it. So those are some big areas. So the self-care, the the uh, conversations in your circle, whether they are they positive or negative about money, mm. the relationship with money, like understanding like the origin of your money story, those are some big things that 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 tie into mm. that.
0: Nice, yeah. I mean, I think all of those are sort of great things for people to start to think about. Like, what mm-hmm. was the conversation that people were having about money around you when you were growing up? What sort of yeah. beliefs about money did you? implicitly adopt um, Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of, I think, things about money because it's not talked about explicitly. It was sort of just internalize without investigation. And when we want to have a different relationship with money, if you want to go from living paycheck to paycheck to feeling a sense of, you know, financial abundance and you have to investigate, like, Did I, do you believe that, you know, you don't get to keep money, right? If you have money, you got to get, you lose money or you have to get rid of it or, right? Like what, or it's bad to have money, right? I know that I sort of grew up and sort of uh, adopted this belief that like, you know, there's kind of something wrong with being wealthy, right? Mm. Like if you have too much money, like you can have like solid middle class, maybe even upper middle class, but like if you have too much money, if you live too lavish of a lifestyle, mm, that's not good. There's probably something unethical. There's probably something wrong with Mm -hmm. that. Right. And I also had this belief that because I went into Um, This profession of being a being profession of being a psychologist, a clinical psychologist. I wasn't doing it for the money. I wasn't in it for the money. I didn't want the money, right? And so that sort of stance then reflected itself in my experience of not having much money. And now I was in graduate school. I was, you know, I was in graduate school living on a small stipend. And Mm so there were some facts to that, but I also found that after i did a lot of work on self-worth and mm-hmm. a lot of work on my relationship with money and healing that
1: that mm-hmm. my financial
0: situation changed pretty dramatically mm-hmm. within like a year and i was like okay this isn't just about like oh i got this job it's about i shifted my relationship and i challenged the idea that i sort of the subconscious that i i would be bad if i had money or i really didn't want money because i just loved my job and it was just so amazing and now okay. it's like, I can love the work and want the money. Um, okay. Once I challenge that, things opened up for me in a really powerful way mm-hmm. that they just didn't before. Have you ever considered launching your own podcast, but don't know where to start? Is your podcast idea still taking up space in your head and your launch to-do list too long and tedious? You need a gentle push in the right direction. And I highly recommend you consult the team at Chris and Tiana, a podcast launch production company, helping entrepreneurs like you and I launch podcasts without the overwhelm. That way you can focus on what you do best, talking, connecting, and sharing your special message with the world. Chris and Tiana allowed me to relax and focus on creating meaningful content that I'm proud of while connecting with all of you. They keep me organized and on track so I can spend less time on tedious tasks and more time in my zone of genius. Chris and Tiana's team will help you declutter your priorities, identify your most important podcast goals, create a plan for execution, and lead you to success. They'll provide you with the structure and accountability you need to thrive which means you can use your newfound time to focus on growing your business, making a bigger impact and more money, doing what you love. Whether you're a coach, entrepreneur or lifestyle brand, Chris and Tiana will help you take your podcast to the next level. Book a podcast launch strategy call today and start turning your podcast dreams into reality. Go to www.chrisandtiana.com forward slash launch strategy for 25% off a launch strategy session. You can also find the link in the show notes.
1: I can love my work and, and love the money that is coming in from that at the same time. That's good. And and just the, con- the conditioning that that you had to unlearn uh, about, oh, I'm a clinic, like, you know, middle class is cool. Upper middle class. Okay. But just, you know, wealthy and eh, lavish lifestyle. And eh. like mm-hmm. that, that's, mm-hmm. that's literally scaring the money away. Like we talked about a little earlier, just like getting into that, um, that hustle mode and scarcity mode that's that's scaring the money away honestly um mm-hmm. and just working to unlearning um, that i i absolutely love that and the fact that the shift for you was so quickly because it can be it can be quick like for instance i'm not gonna lie like i have days where i'm just i call them maybe financial days and i i have to it in my toolbox okay is it a day where i need to move my body is it a day that mm-hmm. i need to take a Epsom salt bath, a pink Himalayan salt bath to move that energy. Do I need to do some yoga? Do I need to go because I'm in California now? Do I need to just go sit by the ocean mm-hmm. and just get out of get out of my environment and get out of this space and then then come back to it? And then also that's the thing, like it's a day, it's a few hours, but not attaching our identity to it. It's mm-hmm. just a moment in time, not identifying with it moving forward is, is the big thing. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, and I think, you know, if I've studied a little bit around abundance principles, but a lot of it is Mm -hmm. like how you feel affects what you attract. And so I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like if you're having a day where you're stressed and anxious about finances, Mm-hmm. shifting your energy and shifting your mood by mm-hmm. getting out of the house, moving your body, going for a walk, getting some sunshine. Yes. Can really, that's really going to be more helpful than spending five more hours like on your computer like, right. or you know, trying right. to like Literally. work and like desperately Maybe I'll apply for a side job and right. like doing all of that. You're actually calming your body, easing your body, soothing your nervous system. All of those things is going to put you in a better position to attract, call in the mm-hmm. money that you need or want than the anxiety and the stress. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that came up for me as you were sharing is, you know, just this idea that a lot of people feel like what makes them worthy is them working, right? Hard work oh, makes good. me worthy. And that's if I good. overwork, Mm -hmm. that's what where I get my worth. And that's the only time I can receive money. Mm -hmm. I have to be, I have to work hard for the money, right? Mm -hmm. That, that, that belief. Right. And so, If you're finding that you're overworking, you're overextending yourself, you're exhausted, Mm -hmm. and that's the only way you end up feeling worthy, like it's hard to be relaxed, it's hard to be at ease, it's hard to allow wonderful things to come to you without struggle, without striving, without hustle, then Mm -hmm. that's a piece to work on. What One is, can you feel worthy when you're not working? can you feel worthy when you're playing, when you're at ease, when you're, you know, like when life is flowing Mm -hmm. and then can you feel like worthy of money, Mm -hmm. right? Can you believe that you can attract money to you without working hard, right? So one of the things I talk about is that since I left my job, I have Mm -hmm. worked less and gotten paid more and Mm -hmm. had a bigger impact, Absolutely. Right. Magic. That's what we want. Work less, get paid more, have a bigger impact. Absolutely. I needed to shed the belief and it took years to shed the belief that hard work that I needed to overwork and hard work. And that's what I had to do to prove my worth and to earn money in yeah. order to get to this space that I'm in now.
1: Whew. Gratitude for you doing that work. And, and it's literally the question that you presented that, I again, I'm still working through is, can you feel worthy when you are not working hard? Can you feel worthy when you are not working? Mm. That That's the big thing. Are you just able to be? Mm-hmm. Literally, because being is not doing. Because that's what was coming up for mm-hmm. me last week. Being is not doing. What does that look like for Rashida? That's literally what I came up and I'm working through. And can you feel worthy when you are not working? So, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I love the fact that you were already you were able to navigate and do the work. And those are some big questions. Like, can you just be and be comfortable mm-hmm. in just being and not feeling like you always have to do something all the time? Like, it's okay to rest. It's okay to rest your body. And you mentioned play. It's okay to play and tap into that childlike energy because that's still a part of you at the end of the day. That four or six, seven-year-old or whomever, you got an inner child, the inner teen, I even talked to my, you know, written letters to myself in my twenties. Those beings are still within you and still needed to be tended to. So that mm-hmm. play, that childlike play helps, helps with that, especially. And, and it's a part of your worth, your self-worth journey, still uh, mm-hmm. incorporating that in because those are things that we enjoyed as children. Absolutely.
0: Yep. And I also like to highlight, I think, especially for those who are like, I don't know about all this being stuff. <laughs> I like to highlight that I actually think our biggest, most potent gifts for the world are found in our being.
1: Mm. That is the
0: energy we bring, that it's what sort of flows naturally from us. Yeah. Um, that most impacts the world around us. And we, I think, especially in the Western world, I'm guessing that other con- other cultures don't have this as much, but okay. especially in the Western world, we are so tied, attached to the doing. How many hours are you putting in? How many right. reports are you producing? How much money are you, right? Like we are so doing oriented, whereas other countries, you know, siesta in the middle of the day, two months off, you know, like uh, there's more of a relax. There's more being that's happening. And so I I like to challenge people to think about, okay, so if when you think about the people in your life Mm -hmm. and the people that have had such a powerful impact on you, Mm -hmm. the people who have blessed you, is it what they did for you or is it how they were with you? Mm. That was the blessing. And most of us are going to say it was this person. It was my grandmother Mm -hmm. because of how she was with me, how she be with me. Right. Yeah. That was what was powerful. It wasn't. Yeah. She cooked me nice breakfasts and dinner. And like, that was really fun. We went to a museum when I was growing, we went to museums when I was growing up, but really what the impact was, was how she loved me just Mm -hmm. by being with me. Just by yeah. making me feel welcome, right? And she, my grandmother was a teacher. So she was teaching first grade students and she did that with all of her students too. And what a blessing, right? That's Not amazing. just what are the lessons and yes, she taught them to read and that's all great. And it was her presence that provided this foundation for her to be an amazing teacher because the kids felt safe to learn and to mm-hmm. be themselves. And yeah. so I, I really encourage, I think all of us to think about How we be as the blessing, as the impact, as Mm -hmm. the intervention, more than what we do. What we do can be sort of the portal, but it's not all of it. And we can get so lost in the doing that we leave behind the gifts of our being. We don't bring them with us. We're exhausted. We're tired. We can't access them. And so it's like, okay, if you can do some of these things you're talking about, Rashida, slow down, notice how your body feels, get outside. Ground yourself, right? Some of the things I talk about, practice Mm self-compassion. That's when we can get in touch with our being and bring forward those gifts that truly bless us and bless the world.
1: Oh, so good. And and it's the experiences that you bring for other people. Like what's the energy? What's the experience that you bring? That's your core being, literally. Not Mm -hmm. the doing. Like you said, the doing is... You know, it's the portal, and you know, it's complimentary to complementary to to your being as a person, as a human being. You know, I, I just oh, that that was really good, really good. I mean, it's it's giving me nuggets to think about, like you know, what is it that I bring to the table? Like what
0: mm-hmm. what is
1: my experience that I bring to to other people? Um, what does that look like? What is, you know, what is some of the feedback that I had received? and, and just. Keeping that with me and remembering that mm-hmm. outside of the external external things that, of the things that that I that I do, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, thank you yeah. for that. And I think. Oh you're welcome.
0: <laughs> I think we're also both challenged like we're both sort of in this coaching space and mm-hmm. the ask when you're sort of marketing or telling people about your programs is like what will it do for you? Right. <laughs> what will it do for them? And so you're asked and I think understanding is so to say okay this is what we'll be doing in the program and these are the outcomes that you're get you'll get but I think one of the things I struggle with and I don't know if you feel this as well is how do I articulate The experience that's intangible that I think is really powerful and healing and valuable, but it's like, well, you get to, I get to be with you and you get to be with me and that our presence together create something magical that I cannot tell you exactly what it's going to be or how it's going to turn out, but I know it's going to be powerful. I know it's going to be healing Mm -hmm. or if we get together in a group. And so that's sort of this challenge of like, we live in this Western world Mm -hmm. that, you know, says you need to articulate, like what are the outcomes? What are the results? And there's value in that. I'm not saying it's invaluable. And how do we articulate and, and, and value the parts that are more abstract the parts that are hard to put into that doing outcome mm-hmm. framework
1: you know what helps dr adia because again like both of us are in the coaching space um i have you know financial therapy clients and i have financial therapy sessions and it's the testimonials because everybody's experience mm. is going to be different so it's the, te- the it's the testimonials that Maybe speaking to the experience and maybe ex- speaking to the transformation that have been helpful for me to be able to articulate potentially what the experience is going to be, even though the outcome for that individual is going to be different. Cause again, mm-hmm. it's hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I'm, I'm going in, you know, I have, you know, I have things that I walk through, but it's an experience and it's going to be different. To anybody, and we're just, we're just stepping in and doing, and doing the work. And doing the work mm-hmm. that we love, so it's hard to take. Like, man, like I don't like this is not. It's not a cookie cutter mm-hmm. situation. Like you know, this this is this is a different type of space. So I, what has helped me is you know the testimonials, some of the feedback mm-hmm. that I have received that is able to help me hone in. Okay, this this is maybe what the experience is looking like. That's what's been helping. Yeah, me. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Some people may be listening and thinking, maybe I need financial therapy. What are some of the the things that people seek you out for? And maybe some of the things that your clients have said um, have been helpful in terms of working with you.
1: You know, I people come to me when they are just like, I just have anxiety about money, period. I know I'm making or I know I make I'm making great money. But I'm not understanding where my money is going is a big thing that comes up. Mm -hmm. And then just, you know, the person that may be potentially, um, you know, may feel like their financial situation may be a bit too much for them. And they may feel like they've accumulated, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of they just have so many you know fires to put out potentially and, and just walking through, Okay, what does that look like? What is what is the root of that? And just individuals are saying, I know I. Desire more, but I'm not a hundred percent sure how that's going to look like for me and how do I get there because I start my sessions out you know asking you know what is an abundant what does abundant living look like for you and then mm. you know we work okay. to reverse engineer into in, into getting there by walking through the origin of your money story with your current relationship with money and things of that nature to get to a, further get closer to a place where you know. You feel like money is all around me money is money is available mm. to me and now money flows to me freely and abundantly you know getting- getting to that place. How am I talking about money so that's that's what people come to me for and it's interesting I've had a lot of um i've worked with um you know married women I've worked with a lot of small business owners uh come to mm. me because being a small business owner that that that's gonna Uncover some money trauma that may or money <laughs> that may not have been addressed, and i'll mm-hmm. be honest um your relationship with money is going to continue to evolve there's going to continue to be things mm-hmm. that are going to come up, but it's just i'm I, I'm equipping them with tools to help them as things continue to come may come up and whatnot because we're continuing to evolve i'm helping equip that give them that toolbox to reach into. Mm-hmm. To be able yeah. to address it and then move forward. For instance, for me, um, I've had to have conversations. Um, I don't know, and I don't know if you in this season or not, but just looking at, looking at my parents as though they are humans mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. having, having the conversations like, you know, these are some certain things that I witnessed, I saw that happened in my childhood and, and maybe in my early, you know, my teen years. That attributed to my money story, you know, having Mm -hmm. those type of conversations um, Mm -hmm. is some is where I'm at as well. So, yeah, that's what that's what some people come to me for. Again, it's been a lot of small business owners, and it's it's also been the individuals like I just I know I'm at the tip of you know just everything I desire, but I just can't seem to figure out how to get there, well, what's, what's unlocking, what do I need to do to help unlock that? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, those sound like, really incredibly powerful questions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think we think a lot about, okay, I need a financial advisor. I need mm-hmm. this, I need that. But not, I think you offering a space, one, for people to think about what they want with their money, mm-hmm. with the abundance in their life, what they want that to look like. And just a safe space for people that can talk about money, right? right. Because we don't have those spaces. And not, right. you know, I think financial advisors are great. And- often there's, you know, they're also trying to make money, right? And they have right. an agenda of some sort. So working with you where, you know, your agenda is to support them in healing their relationship with money and getting to the life that they want to live, right? Mm-hmm. you're not invested in them saying, Oh, I want to invest in this, or I want to buy this, or I don't. It's really, how do we, how do I help you craft a life, a financial life that you want? I think that could be such a powerful space. You know, I think that I'd love for everybody listening to take the time to think about if I believed I was unconditionally worthy, what abundance would I want in my life or what abundance would I feel worthy of? Right. So allow yourself to dream big. Right. Think about what would you like without the restrictions, without the oh, my gosh, people aren't going to like me or I'm going to lose this or what? Like, what would you like an abundant life to look like for you? Mm -hmm. Um so, I think that would be a great question to leave people with. And tell us, um, Rashida, how can people follow you, get in contact with you, right? If somebody's listening, they're like, oh man, I need to hear more of what she has to say. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in um, the services that she offers. How can people connect with
1: you? Sure. Um, you can contact me on Instagram at Rashida S. Thomas. And also I'm on LinkedIn as well as Rashida S. Thomas. So get in contact with me those two ways, or you can just directly email me at info at rashida RashidaSThomas.com. And I would love to further have a conversation, co- further conversation with you if you reach out. So thank you for that. Awesome. Well, it's been a really this has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed
0: getting into this, you know, yeah, yeah, it has been juicy into this, this (laughs) topic. I think it's so important. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people are going to find it helpful that we're talking kind of openly and honestly about this. So I appreciate you taking your
1: time, sharing Mm -hmm. your wisdom, sharing your energy with me um, and joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Adia. Thank you for this space that you have created that allowed me to feel safe and comfortable to have this beautiful conversation with you. I really appreciate you for that.
0: You're very welcome.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining me this week on the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com, And subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Adia Gooden. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode. This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana and the music is by Wadaboy.